Hello, welcome to Britpop Banter. My name is Kevin. Good morning. My name is Leslie. Oh, you're in such a good mood. I know, and I don't know why. Because you were listening to Motown. I just sent you the playlist. I know. It's 46 songs so 40. far. I'm not listening to 46 songs. Is this a challenge? Because the challenge can't be over 20 it's songs. It's not a challenge. It's, it's just, I think, to give you an appreciation of the genre. Okay. 46 songs. What if yeah. I don't like it? It's song three. I would probably just put it on shuffle. Ah. Because right. it's not in any particular... Because the thing is, it gets boring. Because you do it by artist, to remind me. And then it'll get boring. Shuffle. Shuffle it. Right. Just and then you never bit. know what's coming and that's part of the game I mean it's amazing shuffle what's coming next what's coming next Otis Red I did not know that <laughs> amazing now what's coming next what's coming next what's coming next what's coming next Aretha Franklin can't believe it that's what's going to happen on your journey home you're in such a good mood yeah I know why I don't know why <laughs> and what you got on this afternoon I'm going out for drinks I've got birthday I'm up for it and what, what are you going to get <laughs> You're going to get Howard. loose, <laughs> loose. Is what you said. You're going to get loose. I feel it. You feel it in your bones. I do. Though. I feel it's going to be one of those days. So, it's good because... I'm, I'm going to take that first beer and I'm going to get a glint in my eye. <laughs> and everyone's going to get a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. This is episode 30, bloody eight. Wow. I know. I know. Ocean Colour Scene, though. Mosley Shoals. Mosley Shoals. What an album. Uh, Facebook and Twitter we're at Britpop Banter or email us BritpopBanter at gmail.com um, questions ratings just generally anything send it through all views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own and while we poke fun at some bands and artists we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums last week Les Hurricane number one yes thoughts mixed bag <laughs> you're not wrong mixed bag <laughs> so interesting didn't think it would stir up that much emotion because yeah. it's not really that, but you know. Again, look, I think we'll we'll, we'll stand by the fact that it's um an uh, it's an album that's close to us, dear to us. Absolutely. Um, I still think it's a good album. It's though. a good album. It does so, have the musical prowess of the albums we'll talk about from now till number one. Mm. I'm not sure. <laughs> However, <laughs> this is our top fifty, and we've said it from the beginning. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like we're trying to do it like Critics' Choice or. No, we're not rating the album purely on the quality of the album. And that's no. the criteria we set at the start. Yeah. Because everyone's done those, right? Everyone's done And we just get that. the same top ten. You would get the top, yeah. But this is albums that are special to us. And we so, might get the same top ten because we may, we may agree with these critics. However, there have been a few curveballs every now and then just to keep people on their toes. That was one of them. Well, you'll be a bit surprised when you see Terrorvision coming at you in I a couple of <laughs> I'd quit. <laughs> Um, lots to cover. Tons. Where should we start? Shall we start with your boy and the Mercury? Mercury? <laughs> so, let's start. So, last week we spoke about with our where our top three. Yeah. So, Little Sims won one hours. And I'm happy with that. I've been, yeah. I've been thinking about that, right? Because, obviously, we're about to talk about the winner. And so, I was looking at the top three. And I'm I'm actually quite happy with Little Sims because... I would go back to her album, Quicker Than Dave's. So that makes me feel that... And you really enjoyed Little Sims. So it makes me feel that we both... And it's a different album. We never saw that coming. Never saw that coming. So I'm kind of... I'm happy that we picked that. Yeah. I'm... No, it didn't. So (laughs) we're the top three. So we had The Falls, Dave and uh, Little Sims. Yep. And Little Sims won ours. I put it on Twitter. I didn't see who won. 
the fools. Oh, sixty-one percent. Oh, is the people's choice. But that's a that's a. It's going to be. It's indie, right? It's indie. indie. It's did, be. did they actually listen to the other albums? Probably not. Probably not. So, I followed it on um, Twitter to see who was going to win. Oh yeah. Now, bearing in mind, I feel a bit smug here because I did give the winning <laughs> album nine out of ten. So I feel I should be one it's of the. Not judges. your winner though. Because you didn't give it nine and a half. Little Sims was a nine. So was Dave. So you technic- te- technically, you didn't. <laughs> I'll still give it nine out of ten, so I still know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Point is, Mercury Music Prize, if you're listening and you'd like me to be a judge next year, <laughs> um, you can get me at this all those things that Kev said at the beginning. So um, I feel just put myself out there because I feel I've got a good, a good radar for this. You've got a good radar? I feel like I do. You know, I feel like Little Sims got called out as a really great album. Dave won it. Mm-hmm. He won it. And I'm really pleased about that because it was close for me between Dave and Little Sims. Yeah, yeah. I too. did have a problem with it, remember? I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So he won. So um, the how judges... How would you feel as a judge with Seed Ensemble as one of the... How would you be impartial to a bit of, bit of that? Well, just to say what I felt. And I think that's the whole point. <laughs> um, so... Interesting stat about Seed Ensemble, though. So I was reading about it. So basically, they saw an increase of sales after the Mercury Music Prize of their album of 85%. Wow! So they sold 84 copies. Although the total number sold sold is still less than 1,000. Wait, wait, wait. Wind it back a bit. Wind it back. Yeah, you heard. Less than 1,000 copies? Yeah. Wow. Can people just go and buy that just for a wee shame? Just for just Alicia. no, you're not going to listen to it, but just give it as a Christmas present. If you've got somebody that you're not particularly fond of, <laughs> stop it. They're better than the 1975. Who are the biggest seller out of all of the nominees with 148,000 copies sold? Even that makes me feel better because that's not a lot. In this day and age, it probably is physical copies of albums. Oh. Oh, we need to research that. Like, what's the top-selling album in the UK for the last year? And hmm. so as we can see, physical copies, how many yeah, are actually going out yeah, the door? Um, but let's talk wow. about Dave. Let's talk about Big Dave. Annie Mac yep. said the winning album showed remarkable levels of musicianship, artistry, courage and honesty. I agree. I agree. And that's why I loved it. I agree. Um, it was a mixed bag of judges because you had Stormzy, you had Gaz Coombs. Yes. Yeah, oh, Gaz Jay- was one of them. Yep, you had Annie Mack, you had Jamie Cullum, you know that clown that does the guitar, the, the piano. Piano. Um, you had George Smith then, you had other people who I'd never heard of, yeah. but they were the ones. Okay. Um, the, He's only 20 One of the judges, well. um, what I really like, one of the judges actually had this quote, and I think this is probably very true. Remember I've spoken about before how you get a lot of good albums when there is political unrest. And yes. So, um, Jess Smith, one of the judges, said, I think there are lots of different types of politics on the shortlist. There's politics of austerity, climate change, urban decay, the politics of heart and mind, and it's interesting to see how British people and the conditions they have um, found themselves in in this past year. Interesting segue, and I'm not prepared to talk about this at all, but we've been going through this for a year, almost, almost a year, mm-hmm. right? It's coming up. Um, and I am so... The, the, the great music coming out of the UK 
and the different types, the great lyrics, the great writing. I I don't think I've ever like, and I haven't looked back on the UK for you know twenty years, right? In terms of deep diving into the music, but this must this is a great time for music in the UK. Do you think it's my theory? What I said at the beginning of a year ago when there's political unrest you get and your best social music? change. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I feel like that's good. Um, anyway, best tweet about the Mercury Music Prize that I read. Um, is from Dave P. I actually cried with laughter because he's so true. I don't think I ever got over M people winning the Mercury Music Prize in 94 ahead of music for the jilted generation, his and hers, Trouble Gum and Wildwood. Mm-hmm. I mean, I need to understand. I don't know. So I thought, you know, I'll have a wheel listen to the album. Which one? M people. Oh, I did that. What do you think? <laughs> it's awful. So don't, it's not awful, it's just not for me. But I cannot, I do not know on what planet you could put it above music for the Jilted and Wellwood. I just yeah. don't know how you could do that. Yep, fair point, fair point. So um, I found it interesting reading all about... Um, Dave gave a big shout out to Little Sims, Slow Tie and Neil. Yeah, of course. Um, when he won and he brought his mum on the stage. Because his, his brother's in jail. Oh, and I just go, like, for me, that's what I love about it because his music is very raw. Yeah. He's only 20. I know. You know, he's living in a time of, of political unrest and of when he dis- when he sings that, obviously when he raps that song Black, which yes. got, that's obviously poignant to him given the fact his brother's in jail. I don't yes. know what for, but, yeah. and then he brought his mum up on the stage. Oh, And lovely. I was like, there we go. That's a great moment. So I just uh, so I've enjoyed that. Looking forward to next year's. Yeah, I've enjoyed this whole process. Actually, yeah. it's been it's been really good. So there we go. Um, all right. So you mentioned Gaz Coombs, mm-hmm. Supergrass reforming. Yes, and touring Europe and the states, not Australia. <laughs> they may. They might. They might. I would say. Look, this is. I think this is a teaser for them to go out and start. And I saw the set list and I was like, it's just hit after hit after hit. And so I think um, it's sort of a teaser for them going on a world tour. Yeah. Because if this works, yeah, and the, people Put come. the feet in the water, see if they can gel as a band again. Boom. Yeah. Brilliant. So we might get to see them, which is phenomenal. Maybe I'll tweet Gaz because I might also be on the judging panel of the Mercury Music Prize next year. So he might. Yeah, you might be besties. Yeah. Cool. So oh. I'll, I'll, I'll a word. Okay, thanks. Leave that with me. <laughs> Action item. <laughs> we should start doing that. Actions. <laughs> actions. So actions. So just to recap the actions from this meeting. Gross. <laughs> um, all right. So chart wise. Okay. So I'm not going to go into numbers. The charts seem to have settled down a bit for us now, which is good. But top 100, right? In UK, USA, Ireland, Canada, Australia, Germany, South Korea, Sweden, Spain, Israel, Taiwan, and the United Arab Emirates. Boom. It's pretty phenomenal. It's awesome. It's just insane. Um, do you remember on the Paul Weller episode, I was quoting from um, a guy called Mr. Grumble on song meanings? Yes. He only tweeted us. I know, I saw that. <laughs> so, big shout out to Big J on Twitter. How small is this world that he goes, that was me years ago. Small. It's incredible. And I agree with all of your thoughts on, on the album as well. So he's actually in, he's in Australia. He's in WA in Fremantle. Is he? Yeah. It's insane. Oh. Awesome. Um, so we are, we've been hit with some challenges. I don't know if this, we're backed up now, right? So um, we sort we're of... Talk- constipated with challenges. <laughs> 
We talked about shoegaze. Right? We did. We've got a shoegaze challenge. I'm up for it. Big Aid sent us that, so we are going to do that next week. Mm-hmm. Have you started it? I haven't started mm-hmm. it. No, I'll get to it. Um, after that, we've got an REM challenge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I um, want to just pause there because I saw the tweet and it was like, Les didn't like. I do like REM. I just think they're overrated. Okay. Okay. A bit like you two. Ooh. And a bit like Coldplay. Stop! What are you doing? You're just gonna get people chucking challenges so at us. It's not that I d- do I listen to REM? No. Yes. Do you? I don't. Not often. There are. Look, I mean, there are. They have. They have a repertoire of good songs, and they've probably got four or five classics. Classics. So it's not a dislike. I don't want people to think I dislike REM because I certainly don't. I just don't know if they have produced a big enough. Catalogue of work. That is in that excellent okay. category. Okay. This all stemmed from the top 100 yeah, um, I just think, you know, artists, right? And I'm like, that really? So, the, the, so I think it was Andy who sent us the uh, REM list and he deliberately didn't put any big hits that we would know. So it's 12 songs I've never heard of. And I'm, I don't listen to REM. I remember they were headlining Teen the Park one day, one, one year. And I was like, Phew. Who wants to see R.E.M.? I was so angry. It was the year that I went as well. Anyway, all right. Okay, so so next week we'll do the Shoegaze Challenge. Yep. This week we got the Jodie's Jazz Challenge, which we'll get into in a second as Jody's well. Jodie's Jazz Challenge. Which I know you are pumped for. I was in such a good mood. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you saw the other tidbit of news this week regarding one of your favourite bands ever. No, what? Kept up to date with the Roses much? No, what's happened? They broke up. What? I didn't even realise they were together. <laughs> so there was an article. So basically, yeah. They're already broken up. No. So uh, so in, in an interview with the, the Guardian, Squire was asked, is really that it for the Roses? He replied with a simple, yeah. The Stone, Stone Roses reunited in 2011, played a series of shows which you went to. Twice. They also released two new tracks, All For One and Beautiful Thing. Did you ever hear those? No, neither did I. A long-rumoured third album from the band never materialised. The band's final show happened in Glasgow 2017, during which Ian Brown set off rumours that it might be their last by telling fans, don't be so sad it's over, be happy that it happened. But yeah, they're done. No album. Why couldn't (sighs) they get their act together just to get a third album out? Squire and Um, Brown. Right, so... Because Squire's easy to work with. We've talked about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, team player. Um, <laughs> um, now, there's part of me pretty pleased they didn't release a third album. Because I wouldn't want to sit here and have to review it and it'd be rubbish. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome, eh? Because right now I go, their first album will always stand the test of time. It's always one of the classics. Yep. Right. Yep, yep, yep. The second coming isn't as bad as people made out. We covered it here and it's not as bad. I actually don't know, given the fact it's 20 years, or more, more than that, 30 years since they released their debut, what would their sound be? Like, I don't understand. So I don't know. Yeah, how could they go back to that? I don't know. So there's part of me goes, yes, I'd love to hear it if it was going to be amazing. But there's a, the other part of me would go, is that going to be a legacy? Is that what we're going to remember? Let's not do that. Yeah, okay. Good point. Good point. But they're done. Right, okay. you're done. So 
lucky you got to see them twice when they reformed, yeah, no, right? Yeah, amazing. Okay. Song of the week. Song of the week, song of the week, song of the week. <laughs> Fever Jaw. I love this song. This song's awesome, eh? This is one of my favourites so far. Oh, wow. Fever Jaw. The song is Land Speed Record at Fever Jaw, uh, and it's on Spotify. Fever Jaw, Fever Jaw are the latest band to emerge from the vibrant South Wales scene, formed in 2019 by Dale Hawkins and Natalie Cottingham, with a sound that blends indie sensibilities with a dark synth pop twist. Yeah, you get that. I just want to call out the vocals. I absolutely think cracking singers and i think the vocals are the best like just amazing i absolutely adore this song wow i really genuinely do i really hope you guys hit the big time wow so this is this is a debut single and uh we're about to get the second one come through as well but enjoy this land speed record i'm with les this is tops
from you that's awesome that's so so good all right jody's jazz challenge from the highs of fever jaw to jody's jazz challenge Mm -hmm. now so the background of this is and i did it properly that's why it took a bit of time i listened to them all from beginning to end you respected the process i did yeah i understand that i respect the genre i understand you have to be a talented musician to be a jazz musician absolutely do yep just want to make that clear. Yep. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. This came about from Seed Ensemble, not doing well for us, and we sort of didn't really appreciate jazz. And so Jody took an, a huge amount of time to put this list together, gave us nine songs, nine songs, and then I went back and I went, oh, I'm enjoying this. If you want to beef this up a bit. Yeah, I was so angry at you. <laughs> I remember texting you, what are you, shut up. <laughs> But I'm actually happy he did because there are. I'm looking forward to talking about this. Shall we do what we normally do and just go through it track by track? Yes. Okay. So kicking off, Fists of Fury. So if anyone wants to find this, it's on Spotify. It's BB Jazz Challenge on Spotify, right? Um, Fists of Fury by Kamashi Washington. I'll go first. <laughs> I'll just read you my notes. I've got thoughts here. I'll tell you now, if you don't like this song, there's something wrong with you. Okay. It goes on forever. It does go on forever. Singing is annoying. Not the worst jazz song. Quite enjoyed the trumpet solo. Five out of ten. Absolutely love this. Very James Bond. Loses me in the middle with the massive sax and piano solo. However, when the vocals come back in, they rescue the song. Too long, but still good. Eight out of ten. Good. Super Zodiac. The Comet is coming. Slow start. Gets going, but far too repetitive. Three out of ten. Ho, 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 ho. Three out of ten for that. Yep. You're mental. I heard this and I just went, this is what, because I'm t- basically two for two. This is when I was talking to Jodie and I'm like, you need to load me up. This is amazing. This song is so good. I would never have, I would never think jazz to that song. Would you? I'd, I'd say it's more dancey, more electronic. Mm. The build up that. Oh, it's insane. All in on this one. It's Dark Electronica. Makes me dance. It's absolutely brilliant. The last two minutes are fantastic. Thank you, Jody, for this track. Cool. Nine out of ten. Whoa, moron. It is phenomenal, that song. It's obviously not for me, is it? Freddy Freeloader by Miles Davis. I know Miles Davis is a legend. All it reminds me of is Ellie Noir on the PlayStation. <laughs> you love that game! I'm a heathen, I know, 3 out of 10. That's exactly mine. I know, I under, I get it. Miles Davis is a legend and he's, I'm just like that, jeez. All I want to do is get to the next level of the game, but then I remember I'm not playing it. How were you at, so Eleanor, I was rubbish at it. I couldn't, 
I finished it. It was amazing. Well, how, what was your strike rate from finding out how if people were guilty or not? Pretty good. No, no, not really. <laughs> well, I reckon it was above fifty percent, but I remember going, "Oh, that was." Oh yeah, yeah, okay. You've Love got that game. I need to to play it again on the PS4. Right, okay. So, uh, hard one to follow with Super Zodiac. Back to old school classic. Because what Jody done, and I think it's his mistake. Love you, Jody. But it's, what you've done is you've started off up up here with a brand new modern jazz, quite electronic, real, and then you've gone straight into old school. So the tempo just nosedives. Um, Hard one to follow. Back to old school classic jazz. It's classic, but it's just not my thing. At times, it's a foot tapper. Others, so annoying. Five out of ten. Uh, John Coltrane with a Love Supreme. So, again, another jazz legend. My notes, all I put is horrible. It's anxiety inducing. One out of ten. One out of ten. It's that wow, wow. It's just... made me anxious. Like it's just, I didn't like it. It's got a really... There is a, there is a song in here that does that for me. Um, kind of losing me by now. It's nice, but very same-samey. Four out of ten. Morning by uh, Morning Art Blakey, Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. So what have I got here? Don't mind this one. Mm. Quite chilled. Made me want to pour an old-fashioned. Oh, okay. I could All imagine right. myself sitting in a leather chair. Uh-huh. With a good book, mm-hmm. an old-fashioned, and having that in the background. Nice. And pretending for at least five minutes I was sophisticated. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, five. Six out of ten. All right, good stuff. Uh, Herbie Hancock, Chameleon. Why are there seagulls in this track? Hellish. Two out of ten. Jeez. Wasn't a massive fan of this at the start, but as it went on, I enjoyed it more and more. Seven out of ten. Take five by the Dave Brubeck Quartet. This is a classic. Even I like this one. Seven out of ten. Six out of ten, okay to the drum bit, which kind of lost me, but not bad, not great at you. <laughs> Sons of Kermit, my queen is Mammy Phipps Clark. Not good at all, did not like it, two out of ten. Like this, nice rhythm to it, different kind of reggae-ish. Seven out of ten. Ezra Collective, why you mad? Hectic, it's unsettling, one out of ten. Utter cluster, didn't like this at all until the last 30 seconds, which is just lovely, three out of ten. That's where this, this, it's just... Everyone, I, it just gets hectic. Oh, it's no too much. That's that anxiety one for me. I yeah, was that's like, no, can't do it, can't do it. Uh, now, Kamal Williams, Salam. So we're back to back to new jazz, well, modern jazz, I should say. Really like this, nice and smooth. It's really funky, 7 out of 10. Cool. Boring, 2 out of 10. Yusuf Kamal, Strings of Light. Same again, I like this. I seem to like futuristic jazz rather than the old stuff. 7 out of 10. All over the show, don't know what's going on, 2 out of 10. <laughs> Dinosaur with Quiet Thunder. Like this too. Dark, funky, spacey, and I'm all in on this. I listened to the album of that and I really liked it too. 7 out of 10. Didn't mind this one until the weird noise at the end. 4 out of 10. Moses Boyd, The Balance. Come on. Not bad until the trumpet came in, which is annoying. 4 out of 10. Love the drum loop in this. It rocked. It's electronic. 8 out of 10. Um, There's a... It takes... When you you pick the album, it's from a compilation um, called We Out Here. Uh, a jazz comp. It's actually pretty good as well. Great. Tenderlonious, Yusuf's Groove. Awful, insipid, two out of ten. Not bad, not as good as the previous ones. Nubia Garcia, Lost Kingdoms. Not enjoyable, two out of ten. Didn't mind this, old school but funky, six out of ten. Emma Jean Thackeray, Make Do. Dirge, one out of ten. Dirge. It's a very unusual song, that, and the album is even weirder. Um, different, I wouldn't classify this as jazz, but when you go to the album, it is jazz, but it's very weird, very out there. Six out of ten. 
Last song, United Vibrations, Rock Steady. The jazz one's awful, but the versus Bad Milk version is awesome. So 2 out of 10 for the jazz one, 8 out of 10 for the versus Bad Milk. Oh, I didn't listen to that. Yeah, that's good. 8 oh. out of 10, I'd give that. Okay, I give 8 out of 10 for this one because I actually really enjoyed okay. this. What's the scores? I got a total of 46 with an average rating of 2.7 out of 10. Oh, bloody hell. Average 6.5 out of 10. I'll round it up to 3. I'll be nice. Um, it's not for me I get it like it's not did you like so how did, did Jody done an excellent job of mixing the new with the old I think I, I like the older I if, like, you, oh, really? if you think about the ones that I actually said weren't bad so Art Blakey you went Miles Davis John Coltrane Dave Brubert Quartet no I didn't go John that was 1 out of 10 oh yeah that was right uh, yeah probably the first track wasn't bad that Fist of Fury that's an awesome song um, but that's new though that's not old no, so it's kind of a myth. I'm, I'm it's just di- not. Yeah, I just find the whole thing. It doesn't. It doesn't give me a nice feeling. I don't enjoy it. It's not. It's just not. You just don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. They're talented musicians, and I don't know where they come up from at all, and blah blah. But it's just really. Okay, so you're unchanging. For me, this was eye-opening, and I really enjoyed the oh, new lovely. modern jazz and the flavor of jazz with electronica. <laughs> Brilliant. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. So thank you. I actually. Got a couple of albums out of there, which is which is saved. Good. I will go back to. Good. So thank you. We have Shoegaze from Aid. We're going to do next week. I haven't started it, so I can't no. even talk about it. Shall we get into uh, new album reviews? Yes. I'm excited about this. Oh, no. Oh, no. We have Black Honey and we have Catholic Action. Yes. Now, I said that you would like Black Honey. How well do I know you? So, who are Black Honey? Four piece from Brighton. They've got a female lead singer. Who do they sound like? A bit garbagey. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Eight out of ten from Louder Than More. As a debut, it's nothing short of stellar and benefits greatly from the prolonged production cycle. It sheds the immaturity and short-sightedness that often accompanies debuts, emerging instead as a powerful and well-put-together statement of intent, which will no doubt prove to be a worthy repost to any naysayers. What do you think? So, you know me well, because I really enjoyed this album. Yes! Um, love the vocalist. Great. Really enjoyed it. Yep. Um, I've played it a few times, actually. I'll go yeah. back to that a few times. Yeah, good, good, um, good. Look, great songs. I only heard the ones I love. Great start. Oh, great start. Midnight, yep. Bad Friends, yep. Hello Today, yep. Dig, Just Calling. Yep. Bad songs, none. I actually don't think there are any bad no, ones. I agree with you. Um, seven and a half out of ten. You didn't mention my, like, my favourite was Crowded City. Nah, mine's is Bad Friends. That was my favourite. Seven and a half out of ten, Same. Yeah. It's a good, really it's, good it's album. It's a really, really good, good album. Um, can't wait to hear new stuff from them. Yeah, so, same. Yeah. Do yourself a favour today and go and have a little listen to Black Honey. Brilliant. Catholic Action. Oh, I can see your face already. Uh, so who are they? From Glasgow. They're actually oh. playing in Dundee on the 10th of October. Are they? <laughs> Um, 8 out of 10 from Excess Noise In Memory Of is an album marked by sharp bass lines enthralling guitar tones upbeat riffs assured lead vocals and melodies that become easily ingrained in your hearts and minds just after one listen McCrory invites listeners McCrory listeners to put your faith in a pop song and these are no doubt pop songs worth getting lost in it's funny I wouldn't have them I wouldn't classify them as pop songs nah. no you'll be hard pressed to find many guitar pop albums from 2017 better than this one I don't know if I'd classify that as pop at all I wouldn't even anyway go um 
generally enjoy it. Really? It's just a bit average. Really? It didn't do much for me, so I tried a few times and I listened to it in different scenarios because sometimes the setting can change. Oh, yeah. Listened to it in the car, I was driving around Kangaroo Valley, got annoying, changed it. No way! Um, listened to it in my headphones at work, really annoying, had to change it. Listened to it the other day, just sat in the house, it was okay. A um, couple of good songs, Black and White's a good song. Oh, yeah, really L-U-V, good. L-U-V, Love, Great. whatever it is, is a good song. There aren't really bad songs, I just don't... I've got a couple of, couple of songs that I went... Not not bad, just just not there for me. I don't know. I just couldn't really get into it. What'd you have? Did you have any bad songs? I didn't know because I didn't go. Oh, that's not very good. I just was like, mm. um, same as you. Luv, the intro's great. Yes. Black and white. Breakfast the shallows. Um, doing well. The real world. Stars and stripes is excellent, and it is a little bit of a final hurrah. So I, I dug that. Yeah, stars and stripes is good. Actually. Um, average New Year and childhood home. Oh, childhood home. Yeah, no, weren't bad, but. Just not not for me. Um, I actually really enjoyed this album, and I I find myself listening to it a lot. Um, not as good as Black Honey though. Mm-hmm. Seven out of ten. Five and a half out of ten. Ooh, really? Yeah. I think this is a solid indie album. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Okay. Now you've put your hand up now, haven't you? I'm doing this because I'm, I'm so just, pumped. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing so, this. I'm not doing this section anymore. It's all you. What are yeah. we doing? So. This week, next week, I just never know what's going on. Your time, mate. Um, so, it's timely because a very hotly anticipated album has just been released. I've listened to it ten times already. <laughs> what do you want? Liam Gallagher. Yes. Why me, why not? I'm not going to give away yet how I'm feeling about it. So... Time-wise, listeners have to listen about wait for about two weeks to hear our opinions on the new album that came out Friday. Uh, okay, I've listened to it a lot as well. We're not going to say it now. No, it's just that's what you're going to be listening to. Um, oh, just I really want to talk about it. You can't. Let's let's because the oh, let, let, let's leave it. Let's leave it next week. Liam Gallagher and who else? I mean, we could well, right. So you got a choice. We can either talk about it now. And it's not the homework. And I'll give you another album. No, let's, let's do it properly. we can talk about it now. No, because I want to actually... I want to give a okay. score to it. And I want to actually... I need, I need... It does need a couple more time to... I mean, it only came out yesterday. So you've yeah. got to let it settle. I listened to it about four and you've times got to yesterday. Go back. And was, maybe not ten, actually. I've listened to it six times. Exaggerate. Four, six, ten. Same difference. All right, so... Uh, and then the second album, um, who I love. Oh. Bat for Lashes, with the album Lost Girls. So, um, for ages actually. Yeah, okay. Have you? Do you know who they are? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she is. Yeah, yeah. So I know Natasha Can, she gets she gets compared a lot to like Kate Bush, Bjork, that type of thing. Oh. Um, she's this is her fifth album. Okay. If you aren't familiar with her, go listen to the songs Laura and Daniel. If you know they are amazing. No, I've listened um, to her early stuff. Haven't didn't know she had a new album. What you will love, go and find the Mark Knight remix of Laura. Oh, didn't know that. Off the charts. Okay, cool. Love that um, Mark Knight. That's yeah. amazing. So I've listened to this album a couple of times. Um, really looking forward to talking about her. No answer. What do you think of Liam's album? Just uh, read your face. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that as well, yeah, actually. Me too. All right, okay, so. I have got some amazing albums lined up for us. Oh, great. All UK? Of course. Perfect. All UK and recent. 
Uh, not going as back as 2017. It's going to be 2019, potentially the end of 2018. Brilliant. Recent. Done. All right, I'm leaving it all to and you. there's loads coming out, and there has been loads out. And there's a couple of funky men. They're just a couple, yeah, because I've been doing tons of listening to them. There's one I cannot wait to give you as homework, because I just think you're going to, I actually think you're just going to love it. Because it's so you. Oh, okay, good. In a weird way. Oh, okay. I know you're going to like it. Is it always, are you sticking to any, what genres are you, are you just, new album sounds good, that's the one I'm going to give Kevin. No, no, and to? it's going to be in the indie genre. Bracket. It may, it's not going to be hectic, it's not going to be full on. How do we stay with like the Daves, the Little Sims? How do we stay in that? Because that was a lot of fun Oh, for we you. can still do that if you want. I'm open to anything. Why not? Okay. All right, so, guilty pleasures. You can, I can tell you really want to swear. Right, I've copped a lot of heat over this from you since I gave you the Lighthouse Family Ocean Drive, which is my dad's one of my dad's favorite albums. I don't know if it's favorite. I'm I'm lying, but it was it was played Can't when I was possibly be anybody's favorite album. Well, you can ask him yourself at Christmas. So, um, oh, well. fine. I really think it'd be funny for me and you to sit down with my dad and, and interview him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you really like like his family? Tell me the truth. Yeah. How did you go from Andrew Bocelli to Scooter? Can you explain that? Yeah, can you please explain that? <laughs> and when um, your mum's here, I'll go, you know the simple red tape, just can you can you just <laughs> clarify for me and the listeners that it wasn't yours and it's actually Kev's? Because he's been lying. No, no, no. She'll back me up. She it's hard. It was absolutely hard. Um all right, Lighthouse family. So what your mood is just seriously dropped. What what's going on? This has been the that's the worst guilty pleasure of the whole series of this podcast. No way. Hundred percent. Oh, we've gone. Well, it's up there with Blue or Five or whatever that band was. Five. The, them, but far out. That's so crap. <laughs> it's so bland. It's so nondescript. It's so crap. You can't even sing. What? I don't even understand that it's one good song on an album and it's the one at the end, whatever it's called. What was that? What's it called? It's that beautiful night. Nah. Um, okay. So How do you not find it quite calming? It's absolute rubbish. Like, absolute so rubbish. So it makes you more angry listening to like. makes me family. angry because it's so bad. Gee, How did you even get that released? What record company went? Do you know what? We've got. Hey, hey, guys, 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 we've got a hit in our hands. Come and listen to this. Come and listen to Lifted. Lighthouse Family. It's amazing. <laughs> Sit down. That's it. Morons. <laughs> Honestly. Far out. So you're on and the- it has not aged. Because I thought to myself, when I put it on, I thought, do you know what? It was really quite big at the time. Maybe I've just forgotten. It's going to be one of those ones you put on and go, oh, yeah, it wasn't that bad, actually, after all. <laughs> the one good song. Forgot to write it down. I'll tell you in a minute. Ocean Drive. I'm just on the island. Goodbye, Heartbreak. Okay. That's it. I, I mean, that's all right. And the rest is an app. Uh, uh, Absolute, ear bleedingly bad. One out of ten, and that's they're not even getting a point for effort. They're getting, <laughs> they're getting one point for that song, half a point for that song, and half point for effort. That's it. Oh, so you are giving a little. I'm bit a half of... a point because I feel everyone deserves that because they tried their wee best. But no, tr- they tried their wee best. They did, and that's fine. God loves a trier. Um, I, I didn't mind this. 
It's a nice, it's an easy listen. I don't know you anymore. Lighthouse family and jazz, you're an old man. <laughs> old soul. You're changing before my very eyes. <laughs> I don't think there'll be a series two after this, because I don't know if I, I don't know what's going to come next. <laughs> opera. See what I mean? Dad loves that opera. Um, right, so I, the only thing I would say, it's not, there's nothing offensive on this album. Nothing. But it does all sound the same. It does. It's just hellish. That's about it. There's nothing. I mean, there's lifted, heavenly, ocean drive is nice, loving every minute. There's nothing. anything we do. <laughs> Don't know why. Skip, skip, skip. Get off, get off, get off. I was driving and I couldn't touch my phone and I was so angry. I'd have taken the three demerit points. What? <laughs> to touch them. your phone. Because do you know what would have happened? The police would have pulled me officer. All I needed to do was change my spot if I listened to what I was doing. Listen to this. <laughs> oh, on you go, love. <laughs> I understand. Just don't do it again. Won't officer, no worries. That's what would have happened. People come here for the impartial professional. <laughs> Gee whiz. All right, four out of ten from me. Now, are you ready? It's listener's choice. So we'll quickly move on past that. Right? I see what you're doing. Yeah, I'm moving on. You're not embarrassed by that? Because you put your name to that. Ah... Uh... I can, I can. Kevin Dodds, like, Guilty Pleasure, Lighthouse Family, Ocean Drive. Every single listener should realise it was him that picked that. Always remember that. Don't let it leave your mind. Says Mariah Carey. You gave it more than one out of ten. <laughs> All right. Um, listener's choice. Woo. Lucy from Argentina. Hello, Lucy. Hello. <laughs> this better be a hell of a lot better than this, love. <laughs> no pressure, Lucy. Cara's Flowers. Cara's Flowers. Do you know who they are? No. I've never heard of this band. They are Maroon 5 before they became Maroon 5. Oh, interesting. Um, so they so the album is called The Fourth uh, World. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what you think about this. What's okay. your thoughts on Maroon 5, first of all? So, interesting. Absolute garbage. But <laughs> um, the first album's not bad. Which one? It reminds me of backpacking. Oh, okay. Because there's actually got a couple of good tracks on it. Like, um, what's that? She Will Be... No, what is it? Um, oh, God. Anyway, there's a couple of... The first album, when they first came out, they were all right. Okay. Because we had that album. I remember it was um, me and two friends and we were in a camper van and we were driving from Melbourne Adelaide to the Grosjean Road mm-hmm. and we didn't have a ton of music and that got played a lot and I actually didn't mind it. So it's got memories for me. Oh, that's nice. Um, That's not what we're covering, though. No. So. But then they've got really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so bad. So bad. I agree. Like, so bad. <laughs> Wait, how bad? Like, so bad. <laughs> and he's a moron. Uh, I don't really... I, he's no. so annoying. Hanks, he's a business. Yeah. You're not the business because you write not very good songs. Adam. Well, this will be interesting to see what you think of Kara's Flowers. Thank you to Lucy from Argentina. That's really good. That's really awesome. I'm looking forward to this because yeah. if I like the first album, this is them pre them. It might not be bad. Mm-hmm. So it might not be. Might not be. Can't be any worse. Like there's never going to be like there is no the bar couldn't be lower. Yes, I have set that bar. You really have. That's okay. Well, sometimes you need that, right? Okay, so Britpop one liners. Britpop one liners. <laughs> 
Don't call me funny. Pole Weller. There's not much. Really? Yeah, surprisingly, not much. So, Paul Eller, Britpop Memories. The artist I'd choose if I was only allowed the back catalogue of one band or person on a desert island. That's amazing. And that's a good choice, because not only is he amazing, it's a big back catalogue, so you'd never get bored. Who would yours be? Oh. So just one band? Just one it's band. It's tough. It would either be... Um, Oasis, potentially. Massive Attack, potentially. They're so different. Um, Paul Weller wouldn't be a bad choice because there is so much of it that you wouldn't really get bored. I think that's the one That's the one saving grace, right? And if you can chuck in the jam and the Style Council... I wouldn't be stuck to chuck in the Style Council. You wouldn't take that to the Desert <sighs> Island? No, I'd probably just go into the sea and never come back. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's a really tough one. Okay. But that would probably be that. And maybe... I don't even know if I would take Oasis because I feel I'd just get annoyed. Okay. But they've got huge back... Like, if it's back catalogue, if you think about Oasis, like they've got a big back catalogue too because they they've got tons of B-sides. Heaps. So you'd never really get bored of that either. You could put that on shuffle and off you go to find your firewood and whatever. But you're on a desert island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Right. Aisha, the changing man is going underground. Ba-boom, I get that. <laughs> Titanium girl, a changing man who always knows what he what he's going and saying. Chris, he's always there for you. Oh. Kevin, this is you? No. no. His first four solo albums plus Livewood. Oh, yeah, have you heard the Livewood album? No. It's amazing. Is it? Okay. Our total masterpieces completely agree. Because we didn't really talk about the album that came af- what comes after. Which is Livewood. I didn't really, I didn't no, even no. listen to after, it. No, no, after What's-His-Face, uh, Stanley Road. Heavy uh, Soul. Heavy Soul. Love that album. Love it. We'll still get to Stanley Road first, okay? Anyway, Michael, he's been doing it for over 40 years and is still underappreciated by some. I agree. Ian, Paul Weller, creative genius who's always pushing for something new, not always good, but with a 40-year back catalogue, he's allowed some duffers along the way. Yeah, fair okay. Deuce. Fair deuce. ADL, I still prefer his jam and style council eras over his work from the 90s onwards. Wow. Mm, disagree. Tam was defo interested in Stanley Road and the following album, but I haven't listened to a single note since then. That's probably the same for a lot of people. It is. Andy, while the Britpop hatchlings fought over pecking order, Weller spread his wings and cast his shadow over the entire nest. Wow. That's good. That's good, eh? That's good. Yeah. Matt, simply one of the greatest British songwriters of all time. 100%. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Andrew Phelps, 10% of his work would score 100% and the remainder is just not for me. Mixed bag there. I know. Mixed that bag. was a recut as well. Like he took three attempts to get to, to be positive and that's what he came up with. Mixed bag. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, good. Okay, ready? So, well, anything else before we get into this week? Um, Lots to cover there. Oh, I got I got a challenge specifically for me, which I'm not going to do today. I'm going to do next week because I haven't yet learnt the song. So Matt on Twitter said, "I he thinks that I'm a frustrated singer." <laughs> no, yeah. crap singer. Is it, I think. He said frustrated, okay. which means that I have talent and I haven't been able to show it. That's how I took that, Matt. <laughs> so we'll go there. <laughs> or somebody. Yes, I think it was Matt that said it. Yeah, and he, so he said. He wanted to see a podcast where I just basically sing. 
No, no. He did. No. So he gave me a singing challenge. A what? He did. He wanted me to sing A Pessimist is Never Disappointed by the band The Audience. He gave me the lyrics. Oh, and I got talking to him about who the audience were. Sophie uh, Alex Bexter, um, previous band. So, I've been practising that. Have you really? And I'm going to do it next week. How long's the song? Oh, it's only he's only given me a verse or a few lines, but I got to get the song in my head. I couldn't do it now because I need the music, so I need to remember it. I might have enough to do it with my headphones on, but I can't do it yet because I only tried doing it the last couple of days. But I'm going to do that for you, Matt. So you just hold on till next week. It's coming. I took that seriously. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Good on I you. didn't say anything at the time because I thought, oh. Yeah, you've kept that yeah. quiet. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm Think ready. I'm not for that. Think I can't rise to that challenge, Matt. Don't know why you picked that song, but it's coming. And he wants me to sing a specific part of the song. Right. So. Thanks, Matt. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. coming next week. <laughs> <laughs> this week's album, Ocean Colour Scene, Mosley Shoals. Album cover, just a photo of the band. Do you know uh, what, why it was called Mosley? Do you know where Mosley is? Um, in England. In? Um, the UK. Brilliant. Birmingham. Cool. <laughs> so the album title as a whole is a reference to the city of Mos- Muscle Shoals, Alabama, the location of several famous 1960s soul recording studios. Oofed. Yeah, so it's a combination of two. Released on the 8th of April 1996, this is their second album. The previous album was Ocean Colour Scene in 1992. What followed it, marching already in 1997, which went to number one. Label MCA. Producer was Brendan Lynch. Okay, we're going to touch on a little bit of Ocean Colour Scene's career, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I want to talk about the various producers that they've worked with as well, because there is a lot. Uh, 54 minutes, 12 tracks, got to number two. Didn't get to number one, this album. Seriously? Didn't get to number one. Mental. How long was it in the charts? 1992. Are you ready for the charts? How long was it? 90? Oh, 92. 92 weeks in the top 100. What does that mean? Yeah, that was me. Um, all right, you ready? I was born ready. <sighs> Singles, right? <laughs> albums first. Albums. Always forget this. Pulp. Albums first. Albums first. Pulp. Different class. Oofed. Nine. Garbage by Garbage. Oh, here we go. This is a great chat. Eight. Maximum High by Shed Seven. Oh. Number seven. Hits by Mike and the Mechanics. <sighs> Still good. Number six. Bizarre Fruit by M People. Oh, no. Number five. Jagged Little Pill. Ooh. Number four. Wildest Dreams by Tina Turner. Jeez. Hmm. Uh, Fallen Into You by Celine Dion. God, Celine, it'd been ages since you were there. <laughs> number two, What's the Story? And number one, The Greatest Hits by Take That. Right. You take Celine out of that. The top, yeah. That's not bad. Because I'd give you... You've got at, the M people in there. You left them. Look, that's all right for some people. Okay. And to be honest with you, like, what's its face as well? Um, Mike and the Mechanics isn't bad, and any other one, whatever you say. But yeah, she's got to go. She's got to go. Singles. Yeah. How Deep Is Your Love by Take That. How deep is your love is your love. How deep is your love. I hated when Take That did this because they just covered nonsense. They just started pumping out covers. This was... Was this the image change they all went through? Just bad boys and they all got the shaved There's head. nothing bad boy about that song. Uh, number nine, X-Files by DJ Dado. 
What is that? Well, obviously it's the X-Files. Oh, no, that would be rubbish. What's your thoughts on the X-Files? It's not for me. Did you watch any of it? Oh, a little bit. It used to be at nine o'clock on, I think, BBC Two, was it used to be on? just don't really get it. I really got into it the first couple of seasons, and then, but then people got hardcore into the X-Files. Really into it. What was the theme tune? Imagine I can't believe I remember that. That's wow. insane. Uh, number eight. Oh, Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Yes. An amazing song. And Jones the Cat. Remember we saw them yeah. play that? Oh. Number seven. Give Me a Little Bit More Time by Gabrielle. I don't know what that goes like. I only know the Dreams one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, number six. California Love by Tupac and Dre. California Love. Do, 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 do. Number five, ooh, uh, just a little bit by Gina G. <laughs> if you haven't heard Leslie's story about Gina G. Oh dear, busted. Number, number four, Children by Robert Miles. What a song. Yeah, okay. Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Why is that song in the chart all the time? Yeah, needs brackets. First time in jail, second time in jail. <laughs> so we know when it came out. Wait a minute. That's weird, right? So number nine is X-Files by DJ Dado. Uh-huh. Number two is the X-Files by Mark Snow. How can we have two X-Files songs in the charts? That's nonsense. What was going on there? Well, to be fair, the X-Files were massive, so maybe they just... Anyway, number one, Firestarter by The Prodigy. Oh! You're a Firestarter! Twisted Firestarter! Jesus. Yeah. Um, what a song. It was Keith's 50th birthday. Prodigy might be a band that I'd take in a desert island. See, I'm with you. I would, I, would, I, was, I would take an electronica band with me rather than an indie band because you've got a bit of diversity on the, the types of music. You would take the Orbital, the Prodigy. You wouldn't take the Orbital. Chemical Brothers. You'd take something. I'd be like. bored. I wouldn't. I'd fucking love that. All right. Ready? Ocean Colour Scene? Mm. Formed in 89. 89. Ocean Colosseum of Simon Fowler on vocal, Steve Craddock on guitar, Oscar Harrison on drums, and Damon Minchella on bass. Damon would leave in 2001, being replaced by Dan Seely and Andy Bennett, before being finally replaced by Raymond Mead. Um, so Harrison and Fowler were in a band called The Fanatics. Harrison had replaced Caroline uh, Bullock, who allegedly outed Fowler to the Sun newspaper. How horrible is that? Why? I just think it's. Uh, I, I actually tried to, to find a lot of information on this. And I, but, I, but what was it for money? Uh, I don't know, and that's. I tried to sort of find out why and what happened, but it's just. Did it's, they fall out or something? I don't it's understand. just. It's just disgusting, right? What a cool, just really, really crap. Um, this is from the Manchester Evening News in two thousand four. Perhaps coincidentally, they only started selling fewer records after their former drummer told the Sun newspaper what Fowler's fans and family didn't know that he was gay. The band and all my mates knew, but my parents and brothers didn't, he says. My dad was a policeman and my mum was a housewife, a typically lower middle class family. You think your parents will be disappointed or hurt or embarrassed? Now that seems so ludicrous for me to say. When I came out, I was 32. It had ruined most of my life. When you're a kid and you realise that you've been earmarked for that, it's not like getting a Blue Peter badge. I now know being outed was the best thing that ever happened to me. My parents send me Christmas cards to me and my boyfriend Robert, who I've been with for 15 years. The fact that I'm gay have also led to my favourite show business moment, turning down Scary Spice. 
She said, do you have a girlfriend and do you want one? He said, uh, I was on a stage. I was on stage for the sound check for TFI Friday and I told her that I bat for the other team. She said, you what? And Jerry told her, I think he's trying to tell you that he's gay. The microphones were on and everybody in the studios heard what was being said. It was really funny. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's awesome. Um, That's yeah. So the Fanatics disbanded and Ocean Colour Scene was created. How did they come up with the name Ocean Colour Scene? Simon, from memory, randomly flicking through the pages of books at a library and pointing at words. The combination sounded good. All right. Yeah. A few months later, Ocean Colour Scene played their first high-profile local gig, also at the Irish Centre, opening for World Party. Do you remember World Party? Yeah, I kind of... I don't know then. I know the name. I okay. Know. They really sway and bagged the deal with Fontana, a 60s label which had been resurrected. Indeed, so desperate was Bates to sign them that he bought out the label called PFFTT that had just put out Sway. However, in the first album in 1992, it didn't do well. Mainly this is attributed to the new label wanting a mad Chester sounding album, so they remixed it against the band's wishes. So we got Ocean Colour Scene, the first album in 1992. What did you think of that album? I can tell you what you thought about it, but do you remember? It's Yeah, I want to get. I want to talk about this, right? But so I, it's not. A, it's it's very not. It doesn't sound like Ocean Colour Scene. No. It's a very different album. What did I rate that again? A four. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Uh, I give it a six. Um, Simon said we got financial help from Steve Craddock's dad. I'm personally not pleased with it. I think the main thing was that it didn't sound like us. Apparently helped out by Laura and Michael Thomas, the band were successful in persuading Fontana's Dave Bates to waive the million they were reputedly still owing. Ouch. Also due to an underperforming debut, some of the band members looked for other work on the side. Steve Craddock had landed a job in Paul Weller's touring band and soon, soon after, bassist Damon followed suit. Both of them working on... We just talked about it. Wildwood. Wildwood. Yeah. Um, so they're big pals with Paul they are their careers have basically stayed together Uh, they reconvened a year later and started work on Mosley Shoals with the time off doing everyone good and with the two I mean imagine working with Paul Weller on Wildwood and then they get the band back together it's a complete change Mm. right Um, they brought along Brendan Lynch the producer so they've got excellent run rate and experience with him they started sending around a demo demo, uh, once they were free from Phonogram Noel Gallagher heard it. And? Well, he invited them to play at Nightworth. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty incredible, right? Um, so they, they were asked, so you were invited to play with Oasis at Networth in 96 by Noel Gallagher at the peak of Britpop. Simon. Yeah, I remember it fondly. Noel sent us a card congratulations, congratulating us on being the second, ba- second best group in the world. <laughs> I remember videoing the crowd and everyone going crazy when I did that. So this would have... Jeez, how would you video... Like a VCR? Yeah. Like, it's not your phone, is it? I would just not go, your phone. It's not your phone, is it? Nope. Nah. Uh, when the album Marching already got to number one in the UK, it was a great feeling. The whole period was great fun, characterised by late, lots of late nights and very little sleep. I think we coped with those times well, dealing with it by constantly working hard. A record deal with MCA followed soon after, and April 96 saw the release of the second, uh, second album, Mosley Shows. Recorded at their own studio in Birmingham, the record saw Paul Weller returning the favour by providing keys and vocals on the album. So he helped them as well. So, Riverboat Song. 
What song? Is known for TFI Friday. Yeah, we haven't talked about TFI much. Uh, what was your thoughts on that show? I used to love it. I used to love it. Was it Friday nights at six o'clock on Channel I think Four? So, yeah. Just everything about that was. Just... What's your thoughts on Chris Evans? Um, I liked Chris Evans. Um, I know he went off the deep end a bit. I remember. Do you remember some of the stories about Chris Evans where he just locked himself in a pub with like Liam Gallagher and um. God, who was the comedian? Oh, I've got Alexi Sale, but it's not him. The other guy, the other uh, radio presenter. But they would just lock themselves and everyone in the pub for like three days solid. And he wouldn't turn up to his radio show because he was still in the pub. I remember all that sort of stuff. What do you think about Chris? Yeah, same. Like, I think he's like, he's funny. I think he lost his, he lost a bit of his career, right? Um, mm. Because of that. And then he went back to like Radio 2 or 4 and then had to start from scratch again. I think he's there now, Radio 2. Is yeah, it? yeah, he's still there. He's still there. It looks good for and his he age. He married as Billy well. Piper. <gasps> I forgot about that. Oh, I had a crush on Billy Piper. What was that about? It was Billy Piper. Well, no, but what was she thinking? Not him. Oh, and then you've got Billy Piper going in to be the Doctor Who. Um, yeah. Anyway. Oh, my God. Crazy, right? Anyway. Um,. So a review of from Grey Lantern caught my eye. Mosley Shows is an album that that's brilliant in its simplicity. Recorded at their own Mosley studio and produced by Brendan Lynch. It's not full of fancy tricks. It's not overproduced. It's just a record put together by four guys who are good at their craft. By comparison, this record stands the test of time a lot better than most of the mid-90s indie was followed and this was followed closely by a compilation of demo B-sides, C-sides and free rides which served as a companion piece to Mosley Shows. The 2012 Mosley Shows reissue available on Spotify rolls both these albums into one, so take a couple of hours and put it on. If you were in Great Britain in the 90s, it will remind you of how good it was to be alive. If you weren't, it would just make you wish you were there. So one of the things I've got is like, so when I go through and I um, watch the videos, is I read some of the comments. And the amount of positive fe- like feelings towards Ocean Colour scene, these songs transport people back to that era and mm-hmm. people just have such great memories so I've got a quote here and I want to discuss this because we're talking about this album right yep. so there's an art there's an article I found um and it was 20 years since that Moses show to be released and there was a journalist in the Guardian writes an article mm-hmm. and he goes on and on about it and that's fine and in the end he put this is still I realize an album I'd sooner put on than many of the others I loved in that era including different class, expecting to fly, all change, and even possibly, definitely maybe. Wow! Discuss. So who wrote that? So it's journalists for The Guardian. Okay. So. It's funny because I'm the same as as you. This is not a go-to for me of that era. But when I put it on, I miss, like, I I go, it's such a great album. Would you put it on, though, before different class, Yes. Expecting a fly. So different class, yes, I would. You would? Yeah. I for me, I don't go back to different class. I go back to um the hardcore album yeah. except the sequel. Would you put it on before expecting to fly? Yes, because that's not my favourite Blue Tones album. Would you put it on before all change? I think I'd have the two CDs in my hand, I'd be struggling between the two of them to be fair. And would you put it on before? Definitely, maybe. Be careful what you say here. Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe. No, you wouldn't. 
What's my thoughts on Rock and Roll Star? This one song. Just one song. And I'm sure there are some songs in this album that you don't like when we get to the tracks. All right, okay. Yeah, what else you got? Um, another article that I found as well. So same, actually, same thing. And what I really liked, there's a couple of discussion points because I think, to your point, when you think about these bands and albums that we're talking about, the Guardian of a Coat here, and I, I want to discuss this one, Ocean Colour Scene, the band whose chief crime was being too normal. Ooh, okay. So it said that admiration for Ocean Colour Scene is not so common in contemporary media. media. However, in fact, it's been hard to think of a serious band who've inspired more contempt over the years. They have mm. been called painfully mundane, mm-hmm. workmanlike, um, accused of playing dad rocket gigs, more akin to a beery football match than a rave. I'll talk about when I saw them live. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. mm-hmm. There was a nickname, Ocean Dollar Scene. Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about that. Scene. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. And the enemy, after initial enthusiasm, went on the attack, branding them out-of-time 60s freaks and disparaging release after release. Who wrote that? That's horrible. Enemy. Ten albums in and they've never stopped living in the past. Thoughts on that? Okay. I'm glad you... So, we're jumping ahead, but there's, there's two, two, two things. I, it's really weird. They did nothing wrong, right? As a band. No. Right? No, they, they were not... They were, and this is where you sort of fall into the Blue Tones car- like mm-hmm. category, where they weren't outspoken, they didn't cause any trouble, they stuck together as a band, they didn't fall out, and yet they're considered boring, and they're not one of the kings of Britpop, because they didn't fight, they didn't spar with anyone, no drunken yeah. nights out, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so, same as you, right? I found an article in The Independent by Eamon Sweeney, right? He was reviewing two sold-outs at the Olympia by Ocean Cullison in 2016. The title of the article, Ocean Colour Scene Are the Cockroaches of British Music. What? Uh-huh. Blur, this is what he said. Blur took a, hi- a lengthy hiatus and Oasis acrimoniously split after a nuclear fallout between the Gallagher Brothers. Birmingham, Britpop, Behemoths, Ocean Colour Scene have been trundling on relentlessly since 1989. <laughs> I go, that's... Just because a band sticks together and all the rest... I just... So why do people think they're boring? So this is yeah. So Ocean Colour Scene, same as you. Apparently, the dad rock thing comes up a lot for these guys. Um, oh, I I went through their career right, and I've listened to all the Ocean Colour Scene um, albums, and I think the the promise I think Simon made was that they'll redu- they'll produce an album every two years, right? And they've done that to to some degree, sticking to that. And they've also done a lot of solo work, which I'll get into in a second as well. But the sound has to change, right? It has to change. And so it's not... When you listen to an Ocean Colour Scene album now, it's very different to what was in the 90s. It's a different style of guitar and indie music. Yes, it's not as strong as back then, but it's still... I just think people's expectations sometimes are unrealistic in terms of what music was 30 years ago. Okay. What's your thought? I mean, these these guys are in the forties and fifties. Of yeah, course, so, the music's going to change. Yeah, and that's not the thing. That's not my concern. I don't think that's the argument. I think the argument that you can change, but it's still got to be good. Yes, okay. And I think they've changed, and it's not very good. Oh, uh, I'm gonna yeah, okay. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk to their, so their albums. I 
I disagree, but okay. I don't think it's amazing. I think it's okay. Okay. It's in the okay. Land. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, like, oh, so you've obviously got this album. Marching Already is a good album. Mm-hmm. Out of that, like, I listened to, um, I had to flip through some of them. Um, the painting album's awful. Okay, so we're skipping ahead, right? So let me get to this. Let me what get... I, what I, get, I can understand why people say that, right? And the reason being is, so my point earlier, I'm glad the Stone Roses didn't release another album because I don't want to have to have a bad memory. Yeah. Ocean Colour Scene have just given us tons. So I think you've got... Most bands go through, I think, they really want to release more albums. And yes, they might change, but if it isn't going to hit the heights of their more popular albums, then that's when people start judging it. And they start going, oh. Yeah, but that's unfair. I think that's unfair. That's what's happened with Ocean Colour Scene, and that's what people think now, because they go, oh, God, they've been around forever. They've got one good album, God. No, they don't. That's what people think. I'm not saying that's me, but that's why these are... Because I've got... There are so many people that think that. Yeah, okay. And that's why. Yeah. Name... Right, okay. Okay. So just putting this out there. Mm -hmm. Mosley Show's Marching Already. Mm Mm-hmm. Before we did this exercise, if I'd have come in here, man, I need you to name me five Ocean Colour Scene albums. Could you have done it? Uh, I would have probably got four. Because right. the career after 2000, I'm, I'm not really familiar with. But I've, I've gone through the motions and And, and out of those four that you would have been able to name after all the albums they've released, yeah. how many would you have said that you absolutely love? <sighs> absolutely love is strong. Yeah, no, absolutely love. Two. Thank you. But that's that's the but there you that, are. I rest can, my case. No, because even yes. we're talking about Paul Weller is the same, right? Paul no, no, Weller, I love four. Right, how many albums has he got? About twenty. All right, he's got heaps. He's not got twenty. So he's got heaps, right? So you can't put them in this. They've been together. This is why I just it ticks me off a bit because I get all right. They've changed thirty years together. The Stone Roses put out two bloody albums, and the second one was a pile of garbage. How can you compare? Easily. I could release 30 albums. It's not about... It's not... It's quality over quantity. But within the... Within, I don't understand how you can say that. Within the, oh, I've released 10 albums. One is good. I'm an amazing musician. No. Within the albums, they've got really still strong, good songs that would stand up back in the 90s. Maybe a couple, but that's... My, but what I'm saying is people see... it. I, it's not me. I don't really care. But, <laughs> like, but it's... And I don't know why you're getting so passionate about it because they're not that amazing. But... It's they've released, like, and it's up to them. It's about like the Charlatans. They've done the same. Yes. Tons of albums, of which maybe a handful of, like, and, and that's their prerogative, and it's great, and they're talented musicians, and they've stayed together, and they're nice guys, and that's the whole we thing. We loved their last album. But. We loved the Charlatans' last album. Oh, the Charlatans, yeah, I'm talking about Ocean Castle. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, they haven't ever really reached that height again. So I, people okay. have gone like this. Oh, amazing. And then it's just bored. And so what's happened is people go, oh, they're just trudging along. That's why. Mm. And I kind of get that. Nobody's saying that they're not good musicians and nobody's saying that there's not probably good songs on some of these albums. Yeah, yeah. But you're hard-picked to find an album after this, start yeah. to finish. Yeah. It's amazing. <sighs> that's all I'm saying. Martin Already is a great album. I know you yep. didn't like it, but it's a great album. One from the Modern is a really strong album as well that sort of gets forgotten about. And then to your point, the albums after that are consistent. There's some good albums in there and there's some great songs in there. 
But from a collection, I, I agree with you that end to end, this is probably where you get like 12, 13 tracks that just everyone's everyone's a winner, right? But in, as they've gone on through their career, mm-hmm. they've dabbled in different styles and they've just they've softened a bit. And that happens. That happens in, in every band that's been together 30 odd years. How's Oasis doing at the end of their career? Now that's a stupid thing to say because that's a really, really dumb thing to say. I'm just saying. Because no one's... No one's ever going to look back on them the same. No one's talking about them as being boring. They've not. They they split up as a band, but they've released. But again, really solid albums, some better than others, and they stopped. So I think that's a bit childish, to be honest. That's a bit babyish because it's not like what are you trying to do have a crack at me because I'm not the one that's writing these articles. Okay, there are more that there is a lot more than me that thinks that they have released a lot of albums, and some of which are not very good. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's all my point. Okay. I don't really care. I haven't really listened to them because I don't really think they're very good. But, like, that was the whole... Like, so t- to try and compare them to Ace is silly in the first place because they were never at that level. No, no, no. I'm just in terms of spanning albums, right? Definitely maybe what's the story, and then it's downhill from there. Do you like a lot of those albums? I do. Exactly. So, just like a, like so you're arguing, you're arguing against uh, yourself. Right, okay, should we move on? Back you can name me an Oasis album that you don't like. Like, just don't like it. Or you uh, think it's rubbish and it's boring. Heathen Chemistry. Like one, like how many? Uh, actually, the last the last three. You don't like them? They're not great. And you like you like them less than you like some of these other Ocean Coliseum albums? <laughs> no, you don't! <laughs> no, you don't! So, like, the whole thing is... Fair play to them. I'm not having a crack at them. I like them. I went to see them a couple of years ago, a year ago. But I'm just saying, when you span your career that long and you release that many albums, of which some are not amazing, you're going to run the risk of people thinking you've become a bit more. I agree with that. That's my point. Yeah. But I... Th- that's all I'm saying. And that's I just think some are. people are a little bit cruel towards Ocean Colisee. They made a promise to deliver... An album every couple just of years. Just break your promise, we're fine. But then what do they do? What else can they do? Like, should, like if people still enjoy their music, keep giving us albums. Do Oh my God, right. Uh, back to Mosley Shows, shall we? The album we were talking about. In 1998... Who Q- knew you had this little crush on Ocean Colour no. scene? And I'm about to get into that because I stopped listening to Ocean Colour scene after one from the modem, right? It's prob- and that even then didn't get much airplay. So I've gone through this this sort of journey with them and I've really enjoyed the last oh, week listening to Ocean Colour scene. Cute. I can agree with you, the quality has changed. But when I read some of the articles about them, I go, they're really unfair, especially calling them cockroaches That's of music. Ridiculous. Like that is just unfair crap and cockroaches because they're things that you don't want around and are horrible they're not that but that's a really stupid thing to say exactly and I think that so we'll let's get into it right so 1998 Q Magazine readers voted Mosley Shoals the 33rd greatest album of all time that's pretty big Mm -hmm. right Um, the album was placed at number 42 in Pitchfork's 2017 poll of the 50 best Britpop albums number 42 we're at 14 yeah that's harsh better than that yeah I agree with that better than that in 1998 they played three nights at Stirling Castle do you remember this this was in there massive yeah I remember seeing this come up and I couldn't go because I was going to Australia so I was saving all my money so I couldn't go 
That would have been a great kickoff. That would have been a great would have been massive. In an excellent article from DanielRachel.com, he writes, If Oasis were the Beatles and Blur the Kinks, then Ocean Colour Scene were the Stones and the Small Faces. Ridiculous. No? You can't put Ocean Colour Scene and the Rolling Stones in the same sentence. Don't even get me started. <laughs> you started off so happy on this podcast. I'm going to send you right. off. Not- you're just going to drink solidly because you'll be so angry at me. You can't put them. The right. small faces I can see. Yeah, okay. You can't. Don't, I didn't write it. And who are the kinks? Uh, Blur, the kinks. Who wrote that? Daniel Rachel. All mm. right, anyway, shall we get in? <laughs> Margin already came out in 1997. I rated this album an 8. You rated it a... 6. 5. Oh. Maybe wow. a bit harsh. Maybe a bit harsh. Here we go. It's a great album. I still have only given it a 6. Brendan Lynch produced it again. It knocked off Be Here Now off the number one spot. So Noel... Maybe that's why I marked it down more. <laughs> no, Noel Gallagher sent Ocean Colours in his congratulations through a plaque on which he inscribed to the second best band in Britain. Oh. Steve Craddock famously retorted, it's an order to be described as Britain's second, hand, second best band ahead of Oasis, but behind the Beatles. It's pretty clever. Oh, come on! You can't have a go for me defending Ocean Colour Scene and you sit there like, oh, maybe. Right, okay. <laughs> this is a belter of an album. 100 Mile City, Better Day, Traveller's Tune, Half a Dream Away, and the lovely ending, It's a Beautiful Thing. Wow. What did I give that? Oh, it was a four. You give a four out of ten. But I have a problem with your ratings for Ocean Colour Scene because they're really harsh. Why do you think that is? But how could you rate Mosley Shoals pretty high and then 100 Mile High City, you just... Straight away. It's not very good. Oh, wait, it's a good album. Anyway, from... You like jazz. Is that it? Is that how it's going to be? From? You are such I'm a... the Lighthouse family. <laughs> Your opinion on today is absolutely worth zero for me now. So, it's gone. Gone. That's a good album. I give it a seven. Mm, that's probably everybody else's three. So that's where we are now. You dug yourself a wee hole there. I'm not supposed to take that seriously. You... There's no bloody season. <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. DM Pop, a criminally overlooked piece of Britpop. So this is about uh, March and Already, right? Um, probably because it was released in 1999 when the genre was already obsolete and a thing of the past. With sometimes loud and occasionally groovy guitars, this is an album that has so many glorious sing-along tunes that it bloody hurts. It follows a similar stru- structure to Mosley Shoals. Oh, this is one from the modern. So... You gave Marching already a five. Yeah. One from the modern, you gave a four. Right? So you were you said you'd give it a six, right? So this is about No, one... I'd give Marching already a six. Okay, alright. Uh, one from the modern, I give a seven. It's actually a, a lot better than I remember. Mm-hmm. So one from the modern connects hit after hit almost without rest. Rather a mid tempo tune, a typical ocean colour scene pop song with all of the members of the band singing the chorus, a passionate rocker or a moving slow ballad. But the album's so varied and every single song is so good, so catchy and has a harmony between the guitars, the rhythm section and the vocals that it's truly amazing that this album and this band had been so neglected by critics and fans. I'll keep going because it references the Oasis, which I knew about. 
I guess it came out too late to be relevant, but still today, whilst hearing one of the most brilliant songs of the movement and of the entire decade, The Waves. You, did you listen? It's, oh, it's a phenomenal song. It's almost impossible not to fall in love with these guys. I honestly think that One From The Modern is as good as the so-called masterpiece of the Britpop scene. What's the story, Morning Glory? Is this a wind-up? And if I ever make a list of which albums I think are Britpop essential, this album would definitely be included on it over their well-known, most, their most well-known and acclaimed album. My Thoughts is a good album. Has the belt or July. July is a great song by Ocean Collison as well. Cool. <sighs> Profit and Peace, The Waves, phenomenal. This is where I lose touch with Ocean Collison after this. Good. Mechanical Wonder, 2001. So how far did you get through? Where did you, tell me about what you did. Not very far. Not very far. So you didn't sit down. Because they've got quite the career. Yeah. I don't have that much. One, time on my hands. Two, um... You don't like them that much. Well, there's also, I feel that, you know, we've got to fill our lives with things that will bring us joy. And the Ocean Colours and Back Catalogue is not one of those. You are horrible. They're so mean. In this. I'm not being mean. If you think about all the things that we got to listen to, and we've got our Gilly Pleasures, and we've got our albums Challenges, and Albums of the Week, and New Songs, and th- yeah, I know. When I know I could be listening to something else, or I could be listening to an album by Ocean Cover seen in the 2000s. Okay. We will, if, if we are still pals by next week. <laughs> no, but if we are still pals, we will do, I think we need to deep dive on sort of a band, like focus in on a band and go through their career. And I'm going to make you listen to, to albums like this. Because I want you to, I want you to be able to talk about their career by actually giving them time to listen to the albums. I don't want to. But that's, well, that's the point of it. We're no, going no. to do that. We're talking about the top 50 albums. Yeah, but that's for this season. Next, who knows? Mechanical Wonder came out in 2001 Producer, Chains of Producer, Max Hayes Right, Bear with me on the producer front Uh, It got to number 7 in 2001 So quite like this, good to hear from them again It does miss the big anthems though And the big guitar Around a 6 and a 7 for me Enemy, 4 out of 10 I like Enemy Stop It's then you remember that bizarrely Ocean Colour scene are young enough to be Eric Clapton's children and have been successful for a mere five years. That's remarkably quick time to become a national institution, but like most English institutions, it's hard to remember why they're there, and even harder to work out how to get rid of them. (laughs) Sometimes, enemy. Stop it. Stop it. Apart from the get rid of them, I'll agree with that. Ugh. Damon Minchella left around here doing his own stuff with a band called uh, Trio Valori, a band that included Style Council and Paul Weller drummer Steve White. But in 2009, he had a freak accident which took him into teaching. So Damon was interviewed by The Sun. I got into the academic world thanks to a very big scar on my wrist. I'd just done a gig in Tokyo with Trio Valori and, a day, and the day that I got back was Halloween and we were hosting a kid's Halloween party. I was putting a spider with a suction cap of all things on the window on the front door. It fell off, so I thought I'd push it a bit harder, but unfortunately I put my hand straight through the window. Oh, God. Oh, no. Uh, pulled my hand up, I put my hand out, and then the next thing you know, I'm in an ambulance and there's blood everywhere. He required surgery and thought he wouldn't play again. Luckily, he could later. However, he went into teaching and now is the course leader of the BA popular music degree at the University of South Wales. Lovely. 
So yeah, putting your hand through the window, end up being a lead teacher. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Spiders. Tire. North Atlantic Drift, 2003. Max Hayes again. Got to number 14. So they're still doing well, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like this also, it has more big numbers on it and feels more in line with Mosley. Hot Press said they may still... They may not be doing anything particularly new, but here at least Ocean Colour scenes sound like they really mean it, playing with a passion that so few of their Britpop contemporaries are able to muster. Will North Atlantic Drift win over their many detractors? Unlikely, but this is an engaging, spirited record. The problem is all theirs. I like this. I thought this was a good album. Now, here's the style. Where, you said you got to Saturday, didn't you? Okay, so the album before that is a hyperactive workout for the flying Number 30. So you can see he's starting. But this was in 2005, though. New producer, Dave, Dave Erringer. I like this. It's quite a new... It's a very different sound. It's quite out there. Um, I listen to this a lot. BBC said this. Patience has been a key word for all fans of Ocean Colour Scene through their 15-year career. But those who have survived the mediocre albums, Mechanical Wonder and North Atlantic Trip, have been rewarded with a hyperactive workout for the Flying Squad. And while the Birmingham Modstars' seventh studio album is not as instantly commercial accessible as their breakthrough offering with Mosley Shoals, it is certainly a return to form. Would you rather... Oh, we're not playing Would You Rather... Your favourite band released three amazing albums, and I mean amazing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or 12 albums. Two were amazing, and then the rest were a bit average. You see, this is an interesting one, right? Because we just talked about Hurricane Number One, right? And one great album. The second one was pretty good as well. And then you've got, I think, three or four. What was it? Three or four albums since they reformed. Um, where you would probably pick like one or two of the songs, put it in the playlist and that sort of thing. Oh. If I get Nuggets. So actually, if, if the album... So this is a caveat, right? If the, I see where you're going. It's really annoying me. If they... If there's one or two nuggets, mm-hmm. then yes, keep going. Because I still want to hear from you. I still want you to sell. Maybe still get to see you tour. And, you know, I can still, that Spotify playlist is an example. I want to hear the good, the sorry, the new with the old songs. I want to hear that. If the, if the albums are garbage, don't bother. All right? Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that way about Ocean Colour Scene. Okay. What about you with Oasis? As an example, I think it's, you know... I, you... I genuinely wouldn't want them to bring out another album. No, but if they'd kept their career going, for example... No, like, because, let's be honest, you, I mean, the point is true. That it's got... Most bands seem to get... that just goes down. I, always, I don't see any band that gets better over time. You should kind of run about it. I mean, it's fair enough. The last couple of Oasis albums, I'm not a massive fan of. Like mm. I don't, I'd listen to them. But there are dramas. songs in there you'd like. Yeah, some. But it's not like I'd. My life would have been fine without them. Is my point. <laughs> like it's not like I go. I'm so glad they released that album because they've got that song on it. I just, I think about. I'd rather have. The amazing albums, and I think that's the whole. Can you do a poll? You know how you like polls, right? 
Would you rather a band quit at the peak of their career? Or would you rather they continue to produce okay albums with one or two decent songs off the back of them? I would love to know what people think. But I don't want to say height of their career. Well, how would you define it? Because my point is, would you rather just have three albums or four albums, good, solid albums, or 12 average albums? Doesn't mean they're at their peak. Would you just rather have a finite amount of music? Your example of Paul Weller is a very good one. I didn't need all the other stuff. Like, (laughs) it's, you know, I just think... All right, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, On the Lee Line, it came out in 2007. Uh, New producer again. Number 37, not on Spotify, so I I couldn't listen to this one. Guardian, two out of five. Yeah. On the Lee Line, their eighth album is not devoid of them. The opener, I told you so, is a startlingly sweet Beatles pastiche. Pastiche. Okay. Although the other standout tracks repeat this trick. Another leisurely harmony here, another lemonish lilt there. Like a a lacklustre end-of-peer magician. Oh, the rest Mm. is workmanlike Weller. Bresk and brawny, but with too many god gaudy guitars and a vocal on top of that that could strip paint just by looking at the lid of a bucket. I disagree with that. His vocals are excellent. Like anyway, this is where the ba- <laughs> you're like literally winding yourself. Up. I, I feel you- like I, I feel like I've been beaten up. Like I actually, I've still got a bit to go, and I'm like, I'm already, I'm already knackered. Yeah. I'm still up for it. I know you've got- round eight. Right. <laughs> um. So this is where the band go into side projects. Um, I, 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 too many. I didn't have time for that. Yes, I couldn't. I couldn't. So, I'm not sure anyone cares. Oh, shut up. Steve, <laughs> Steve Craddock had three solo albums. Uh, only two of them are on Spotify. The Kundali Target and Travel Wild, Travel Free. Simon Fowler, uh, two solo albums. He did Merry Mouth in 2012. Then he actually formed a band called Merry Mouth. Uh, so there are two separate things on Spotify called Winlock Hill. Under Simon Fowler on Spotify, there's another album called Capturing Yesterday. It's not Simon Fowler. It's this weird, electronic, very strange stuff. Do not think that is anything related to Simon. I hate how Spotify does that. There must be some way for artists to go, that's not me, take it off my profile. Must be. Happens all the time. Hurricane yeah. number one, perfect example. Saturday, which you talked about. New producer. Gavin Monaghan, number 35 in 2010. Pop Matters, 8 out of 10. Chart-topping American singles are overrated, as was certainly no judge over here of deserving talent meeting up with respective success. Judging by the sound of things, ocean colour scenes simply don't care, and that's one of their greatest attributes and what make discs like Saturday such an unqualified, unadulterated thrill. Not bad, not great. Seems to be getting more folky, though. What did you? So did you listen to Saturday? Yeah, and painting was where I got to. Oh, you got to painting as well. I apologise. Yeah, okay. Painting didn't do well. Number 49. So bad. New producer, Matt Terry and Steve Craddock. Yeah. Enemy, three out of five. Last year was owned by Craven 90s Nostalgia, which might command just a bit of sympathy for out-of-time 60s freaks Ocean Colour scene, who 10 albums in have never stopped living in the past. Lilting opener, we don't look in the mirror, perhaps acknowledges this temporal displacement. Simon Fowler singing because the face that's looking back is looking rather cracked. But now they're safely out of what passes for fashion, their retroisms sound more loving than offensive. If we're guardlinging 
not so different stuff on the choral solo albums, a retrial for these guys could well be in order. So it's like they hit them with one hand and then actually quite like it with the other. It's, it's harsh. What? So painting. What do you think? It's not a good album. I didn't mind it. It's 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 all right. And again, you you're didn't mind it in the same sense as you didn't mind Lighthouse Family, or didn't mind it in the same sense you didn't like like jazz. To explain, because you said you didn't mind Lighthouse Family. Is that is that the level? No. I need to just know from my own head because now I've really got to take what you say. I didn't mind Lighthouse Family, and I didn't mind this up. Where where are we going? I just I need to I do need to know where, where you, would you put that? Would you rather listen to painting or would you rather listen to Ocean Drive? Painting. But about how much more? Just I just need to get I need to know because I feel I need to recalibrate what you mean now because because <laughs> I used to know what that meant and now I feel oh stop it <laughs> this is amazing it's not it's, I want to jump over this table at you right so they are the albums they've got an EP. Um, there's four songs they're actually pretty good as well like mm-hmm. literally just released a, an EP um, so my like if you like Ocean Coliseum and you lost touch with them in the 90s go and listen to them and let me know what you think right um, yeah let Kevin know what you think Ocean Coliseum has been doing this for 20 years now looking back what do you see as a particular highlight Fowler I guess network support on Oasis was pretty good and for the first time we played the Albert Hall under our own steam was a real highlight I walked out into the Arbit Hall and thought, blimey O'Reilly, it's really happened. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. That'd be amazing. Simon Fowler, were the Britpop days as crazy and hedonistic as they, as they looked? It was, and for that reason, I'm glad it happened when I was younger. That whole period can be summed up by basically a bunch of young blokes misbehaving and having fun. It was brilliant. But at the same time, we were new, never really felt comfortable in that Britpop category because you have to remember that when we came along, we were a band for seven years and we always viewed ourselves as a folk rock band. We just came along at the right time. Oasis kicked open the doors and we bands ran through the corridors and a few of us tripped over at the end. It's an interesting quote. That is an interesting quote. On the Britpop thing, Under Than War interview with Steve Craddock. Even though you were at the height of the of Britpop, you almost seem perhaps because of your folk influences something more than that. Okay. Well, we didn't live in London also, that's a big thing, because all the Britpop bands, they were all hanging out of their arses in Camden, weren't they? Um, so that's one reason I don't think we were part of Britpop. But we had two of what were probably the biggest selling Britpop albums, didn't we? And yet in many of the books we are written about as being part of it, and you know what? I don't think we were. It was all a press thing. I'm sure we could have done better for ourselves if we would have played the game. Mm-hmm. But when you get to know it, you see what's happening. Everyone's so contrived. So he doesn't think there. Mm. Then another article he got, but you were always tagged as Britpop, maybe just because you were there at the time. Simon Fowler. Yeah, it was just because we were there, but we were taken... Um, us is far too seriously so that we were never a pop band and I don't think we were a pop band really um, and then he goes on to say basically that it's all, they talk a lot about the fact that they, if all of the bands were either in Manchester or wherever then they all moved to London because they didn't move to London doesn't make them Britpop I don't understand that mm-hmm. he talked about that a lot Okay. Um, then he goes on and goes but it was good fun it was good fun all the time everyone was young everyone was taking a lot of drugs everyone thought they were in the Beatles or the Stones or the Who it was a bit like being at school but I'm not sure that we were Britpop um, but I guess to others that we are so mm. they don't own the Britpop thing mm. 
Okay. They were. I get the the so. I understand it because they're not the typical sound. The uh, like Mosley Shoals was at its peak in that particular time. Yes. Does it sound like the other albums? Some that album is the only one that does. Maybe a little bit of marching already. Maybe a little one. Maybe a little bit. But I don't. As they moved. As, as they move. No, absolutely not. And I do get the folk influence. Yes. Um. It comes through a lot more on the albums later on. Like it's really folky. And they weren't that kind of like laddish. They weren't playing up to the media. They were just kind of normal blokes. Exactly. Nice okay. guys. They were. All right. So, uh, let's get into the singles. The Riverboat song, number 15 in 96, uh, in February. Band, so the video, band play... So the, band, the the videos are pretty simple, actually. The band play well under different lighting. It looks good, didn't date very much. Uh, You've Got a Bad went to number 7 in April 96. Very similar to the previous video. The Day We Caught the Train went to number 4 in June 96. So the band are all on location. They're on scooters they're at the beach. They're all wearing bucket hats. Aww. Such a 90s thing was the bucket yeah, hats. I know. Um, the Circle went to number 6, 28th of September 96. The band play while well spliced with lots of them on scooters. Um, oh, the bucket hats. It's just, it's so 90s. Like when you see the fashion sense, you're like, wow, it's baggy jeans and uh, bucket hats. Yep. Shall we get into songs? Aye. Kicks off with the Riverboat song. Amazing. Classic Britpop, great start. Love this song so much. It's a punch in the face. This is how you should start an album. This is the epitome of how you should start an album. I, I totally agree with you. Um, that guitar hook, just excellent. So good when you haven't heard this song in a while. I know. Um, amazing guitar work. Craddock says, It came from me being really pissed off one day and I started just playing on the bass. I was just playing this riff to get rid of my annoyance and that became the tune. Brilliant, eh? Um, the lyrics, quite unusual though. Weird. Uh, I see double up ahead. Do you want to sing it? I see double up ahead. Where the river boats sway beneath the sun is where the river runs red. Um the song even me. No, no idea. The song takes its main riff and lyrics from the Led Zeppelin's four sticks. Oh no, Led Zeppelin, what a band. Uh playing this. <gasps> I'm gonna make you a Led Zeppelin playlist. Yeah, okay. Anyway, carry on. More play. I've got a Motown one with oh, you hundred million that. songs on. Forty six. Calm down. Uh, so we'll play this. Yep. The day we caught the train. I love this. It's a great song. I do know this. I feel it's a bit Beatlesque. This song. Yep. Yep. Um, it's another classic. It's a really great follow-up to this track, like because mm-hmm. that's kicks off the album so boom. Yeah, you do need to have another one that you don't want to be going a downer. No, and you don't with this. Yes. Um, I don't know. This has got a real, um, there's real nostalgia around this track. I don't know. You hear it and you just instantly go back there. Yeah, it was like see what I meant about the YouTube comments. Um, it's just people remember a fond time listening to. And it. I just yeah, I adore this song. Um, so Simon said, I remember writing this in Steve's flat when he was away in Japan playing with Paul. Based on two things. Jamie, Jimmy on the 515 from The Who, but I really based it on Jimmy Miller on a train with us. So when it says, like, Jimmy heard the day he caught the train, that was a joke really to myself. He sipped another... Oh, every, he sipped another rum and coke. 
and told a dirty joke. <laughs> um, I agree with you. Great follow up. Playing it. The circle hits keep coming. Hits. Oh, I totally agree with this you. This is a beautiful song. Another nice song here, classic of the time. Great bass and drums. Paul Weller's apparently the lead guitar on this. Oh wow! I had no idea. Um, Simon said that's probably one of the best songs I've ever written. Ninety oh. percent of it ended up straight off like that. As you hear it, um, lots of thought on what this actually means from a local bus route or the loneliness of not fitting in. From the quietest though, the circle is a broken epilogue to the triumphal optimism of Sway. This is what happens when you cast your gaze around the streets where you grew up and realise that everyone left town or got proper jobs. Also in The Guardian, by way of contrast, I'll leave you with a comment from uh, a YouTube user, Andy, who wrote under the video for The Circle. Brilliant song, nothing fancy, nothing pretentious, nothing over the top, just simple, beautiful music with lyrics that conjure up a thousand thoughts and situations. Gorgeous. Play it up. Yep. Lining your pockets. Lining your pockets. Um, this is a cute. I like this song. It's a beautiful wee song. Mm-hmm. Um. About greed, I imagine. I've always thought it was about that, like grabby people. Grabby people. Grabby people. Like grabby. Like grabby. <laughs> like just grabby. Um, you've been lining... I, I really struggled with the lyrics for this for years. You've been lining your pockets for no other reason mm-hmm. than to buy up the things that I gave without reasonable pay. I didn't... Like that second line... Do you know what it reminds me of? What? Me and Monopoly. That's how I play Monopoly. I just buy everything. Just annoy everyone. <laughs> With no structure. None. Literally if you buy it. Because I see somebody landing and go, oh, I'm just having it then. And they're like, but I've already got... Yeah. So you break up people's streets. Yeah. And they're oh. like, but I need it. Nah. But it doesn't mean anything to you. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> You're annoying. Annoying. No, but um, that's how... But I know that's silly, but that's how I... Re- I've always thought about that song is, you know, how people who have... Who are just have that wealth and greed... And just take because they can. Oh, what a great way to sum up the song. Always thought that. I really like this song. There's nothing wrong with this song. I'm not going to play it, though, oh, if that's all right with you. Okay. Fleeting Mind. Beautiful acoustic guitar at the start. Lovely. Um, I feel this is a bit album filler. Do you? Yeah, a little bit. I really enjoy this I don't this skip song. it or anything. I just think this is... We're getting into the... Middle of the album. Well, you start... The album is stacked from the front, yeah. right? Uh, a lot of Britpop albums are. I reckon. Like, up front? Mm. It's your big punch to the face intro. That's what it yep. is. <laughs> um, I really like the song. Excellent little breakdown in the middle. I want to play this. Okay. Takes me where I'm going my Forty past midnight. 
Oh, uh, it sounds like it's from another era. It's weird. It does. Like the piano. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, like it's okay. I don't want to play it. Decent song again. Really like the piano riff. Sounds big. The drums in this uh, song are excellent. Um, it's very well produced. Same as you. Not going to play it. Good song though. Good yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. One... There's no skippers on this album. No, there Just is not. Put that out there. Yeah, it's a good call. One for the road. Like nice, pleasant. Not a standout. Again, I feel that probably the next so six, seven, and eight are probably for me. Are, we're in that that little album filler bit. In the weeds. So this is, remember how I talked about Daniel Rachel um, earlier? Mm. So he quotes, get up and dance, get up and smile, get up and drink to the days that are gone in the shortest while. Right, that's the lyrics. And then he's wrote, on release, a Spanish fan requested to use the lyrics on the gravestone of their brother who recently died in a car crash. Simon was deeply touched, but grateful to lift the mood with a levelling dilling impression. A right gravestones, man. Isn't that incredible? Mm. So lyrics that you write are are that special to someone that they've, they've put on a gravestone. Beautiful. Um, so looks she was just 18 she collapsed and they took her away she didn't make it for more than an hour then she was gone um, apparently in song meanings I read that this verse was about Leah Betts who died after taking ecstasy oh yeah do you remember all that no, first don't you remember. don't remember the Leah Betts thing I can't remember it she was, it was so huge it was like um, she was at a party mm-hmm. remember it clear as day she was at a party she took a pill Um she died mm. and from what I remember the whole point was is that she actually drowned herself I remember this because she drank so, so much, much water because she was yeah. hot and, and, and that's how she it, so I don't actually know not that I'm advocating for drugs but it wasn't the actual pill I think it was the amount of water she consumed wow. I think she drowned her organs she was allegedly that, that, alleged, I mean, yeah that's what I read and I remember thinking that's weird but that was huge <sighs> Well, apparently, that poor girl, she was young, 16, 17. Really? Like, really young. That's terrible. Um, one for the road, I, I remember reading the interview, and this was the one, out of the whole back catalogue of career of Ocean Coliseum, this was the one that they really wanted to release, and they didn't. Oh, right. Because they really wanted to see how it would do in the charts. Um, I want to play this. Yep. You say get up and dance. Get up and smile. It's my shadow. It's my shadow. No, you don't like it? Oh, it's okay till it kicks in. It kicks in about, I don't know, one and a half, two minutes in. Mm-hmm. So that bit at the beginning, and then when it kicks in, then I'm in. Okay. Vocals-wise, they're, they're phenomenal. Mm. He's, a, he's a really great singer. Um, I won't play it because we're straight into Policeman and Pirates. Oh, great song. You like Back police- in the game, love it. Love up. Live up to tempo again. Great guitar riff. I feel like that that's them back in the game again. I feel like I had a wee level there. Yeah. And then here I am again. Boom. Agree with you 100%. I'm going to play it. Because we all take our chances to glance at the wise in the opposite bed. I'm in the road pilot. Could easily explain. I'm policeman and pilots get stolen in glass houses. The downstream. Oh. Lovely song. Lovely song. Um, but I just feel... Sometimes it's about the order because mm-hmm. I think we'd had a couple of kind of pleasant, slower type yeah. songs, and then you'd come straight back in with Policeman and Pirates, and I feel like I'm up again, mm-hmm. and you kind of brought me back. It means a lot to people. This is a really special song. On song meanings, there's a lot of comments around it. It's a beautiful song, but I mean, just in terms of tempo. 
Um, so I'm not going to read it, read out the person's name, but um, to quote, this is a beautiful song, one of their best. I think it is about a female friend of Simon Fowler's who was going through something terrible and was perhaps self-harming or something else with her with herself. It gives me a lot of comfort when I'm at my worst as I try to I've tried to recover from oh. an eating disorder. I know it sounds pathetic, but I feel that he's singing to me. Wow. And there's actually there's actually, yeah exactly and there's a lot of comments particularly around that song and what it what it means to people. Um, the downstream it's 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 a good song. Um, I'm not going to play it yeah. because I'm going to go into you've got it back. <laughs> Love this. Wow. Back in again. Love the beat. Great vocals. Great drums. Great song. Sticks in your head. Reminds you of that era. This is this band at its best. Agree. Totally agree with you. We based it, we based that on the extended outtake of the Beach Boys' Good Vibrations. Ah. I don't get that, but okay. Um, that's the same two chords, F and E, B. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. We looped that at the end and then worked into the mad drum guitar thing. Uh, I really same as you. Fond memories of this. It'll be on any. I just picture the shine compilation and that's on. Yeah. All right, you've got a bad. No. Can I just stop? Wait, we're pausing? Got a wee question. Ask Kev, is it a final hurrah? Yes. Absolutely 100% it's a final hurrah. This was in my final hurrah list. This was in my top 10. Was this in your final hurrah list? It was, absolutely. Why why are you looking at me like that? Do you not think it is? No, because I I actually, because I forgot it was in your list, because I feel that that when I listen to it, this meets all of your criteria. It is the... Perfect yep. example. I really like it. Builds and it builds and it. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's long, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah slow build, yeah. builds up. Great. And everything's all in. You know what? This album has the perfect start yes. and perfect finish. Yes, it does. Because it has your punch to the face, because it was in your top 10. Actually, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the perfect hurrah with Getaway. Perfect bookends to this song. album. And no skippers with some big hits. Top, 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 top song. <laughs> I love this song. This is a perfect example of a final hurrah. It starts off and it builds and builds. Everything about this song, top notch. Agreed. So we'll play it to take it out the episode. Shall we get into reviews? Go on then. Grampus. <laughs> What's he going to say for himself? What's Grampus going to say? Two out of five. Jesus it must be 10 years uh, since I played Mosley Shoals in its entirety and I can't see me ever doing it again. That's not something I could say about albums I've rated lower. At least in those cases, there's something to get excited about, even about even if it's negative. Here, ocean colour scene just leave a so what taste in my mouth and that's about the harsh a criticism I can think of. That's pretty harsh. Good old grandpa. That's ridiculous. One out of five by night. Ocean Coliseum were, of course, a card-carrying Britpop band, which, as it turns out, means scarcely credible amounts of Beatles and Psychedelica rip-off. But with that special, garish, one-dimensional flatness that comes with utter cultural stagnancy and a large set of lyrical non-sequitors that, in fact, turn out to be non-sequitors? What's that mean? Sequitors? I'm probably saying it wrong. Really dense Gallagher-esque ones as well. The Riverboat song is interesting in that it has scarcely credible amounts of rip-off of television. I don't retrospectively see any other Britpop having gone there. 
which suggests Ocean Coliseum possessed an atom of ambition to the derivative musical bankruptcy. Gee whiz, man. That was hard. Uh, let's get into the good stuff. Mongo Pongo. Hey! Very nice. Uh, <laughs> it's actually... Very nice. The best album Paul Weller never made. Oh, no. The rest of the Ocean Colosseum Colise- Ca- catalogue isn't that good, though, unfortunately. Seth Best. <laughs> best album... <laughs> Shut up. Best oh. album of the 90s from the most underrated band of the last two decades. Cool. In your face, Leslie. By Kevin Dodd at Rip Pop Band. <laughs> <laughs> the B-Sides were so good for the singles off Mosley that they released a B-Sides album that shot to number one in the UK album charts. Kind of says it all. Uh, what do you think you rated this album? Eight. Uh, seven and a half, Lil. Oh, no. What was that? Uh, I uh, backed it up a bit. Eight and a half for me. So eight and a half, you're seven and a half. Yeah. The band, OceanColoseum.com and at OCS Music, they are still um, together, still producing music. The EP was just released Can't as well. Can't wait for their next album. Shut up, you. Uh, they just finished touring in September. Leslie, how are they live? So I saw you saw I saw you said on Twitter the other day that I hated them live. I didn't. I just didn't. Um, the whole it was. I think the, the the venue. Where were they? So the metro. I hate the metro. And it was just the crowd, right? Because it was such a closed venue. I've got to be honest. The metro's was, tiny. It was and drunk middle aged men, and the place stunk a fart. Gotta be honest. So was it the audience or Ocean Coliseum? Yeah, a little bit of that. They were good. Like, they looked so old. And it did look like middle-aged men. I was so... It was... The whole thing was a bit weird. Oh. Um, you're old. I'm old now. Yeah, we've I get talked it, about But this. it just... They seemed more than the other ones that we've going to see in the past. Really? They just seemed... They, they, they played their belters and it was good to see it. Yeah. Did you stay to the end? Yeah, yeah. Did you? See, that's, that's telling for you because if you don't like them, you don't like the band, you're like... One more song, Kev. I've never left a gig early apart from Ride. Cal Faulkner. Oh, that was because of that was just the whole debacle. That was what? Oh, yeah. That's ridiculous. You got to park that. Okay. I've never left a gig. So they would have played some of their new rare stuff. And it was. <laughs> went to the bar. Oh, you are so. I'm. I think I was going on leave the the next day, so was, I like. I think I couldn't make it because I was up early. But I'm I'm disappointed because actually after reviewing their their whole catalogue, I would have liked to have seen them live. Oh well, and I will to. absolutely go and see them again. Would you go and see them again? No. What about a different venue? No. Really, I'd have to because find... I just have to play. They're just going to play this again. I'd have to find someone else to go with. Yeah. Fine. It's okay. It'll be okay. Are you ready for next week's? Oh no. What numbers next week? Hopefully you'll be a bit bloody nicer to this band. I what was I wasn't bad to Ocean Colour scene. You weren't bad. No, I was arguing your point because you were getting your knickers in a twist because people were giving them a hard time. I don't agree with the cockroaches thing. I don't think they're a bad band. I think they're great guys. I think that album's great. They're talented musicians. I understand the people that say they've they've released a lot of just average albums and do we need it? That's all. And that's just more of a point in general. As opposed to against them, I have nothing against Ocean Colour Scene. They've written an amazing album that I will always go back to. And some great songs, nice guys, talented musicians. My point is, we don't need 15 albums. <laughs> from anyone. Okay. I want I, I want people to let us know what they what they think. And if you if you are genuinely you if you haven't got t- really Wow. I've not seen you like that. Okay. Even about your favourite bands. 
Just I don't know what we're going to get like when we get in the top ten. It's some of your favourites, I swear. I better just... Woofed. Uh, <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> Next week, it's a big one. And people are going to get angry that it's not... And a what number? What number? This is 13. Which... <gasps> Unlucky for some... What's the name of an album for this band? <gasps> okay, so it's Blur. It's Blur. And the album. Which album is and it not, it's outside the top Which album 10? is it not? Well... Because you, you always get into... Everyone who listens to the very first episode comes... The Great Escape. Um, no, not that. Modern no, Life Modern Life is Slip. Yeah, so is that album. No, I'm not saying that again. Don't say that. I'm joking. Um... Okay, we're obviously going to have to talk about Park Life at some time. Is that it now? It's Park Life. Outside of the top ten? It's now. Oh. We're doing it. We're going to get Uh-oh, in trouble. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do Blur, uh, Blur Park Life next week, which I'm really excited to talk about, but we are going to get in trouble. There's, there's no denying it. We're just going to come Are we, up. though? Yeah. I, you know... It depends what number 12 is. <laughs> Heathen chemistry by Oasis. Oh, no, no, it's not. It's not. Alright, so we're doing that. Alright, so uh, Facebook and Twitter at Britpop Banter uh, or just email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. Lel, anything else before we delve into next week? Um, no, I'm off to listen to Ocean Colour Scene Back Catalogue all weekend. You are just... <laughs> Everybody have a lovely day. (laughs) See ya. Bye.